Hello and welcome to another episode of Health Fairs This Week. I'm Jessica Bylander. And I'm Jeff Byers. Hey Jeff, so nice to be hosting the podcast with you this week. Yeah, it's a pleasure, you know. I, I don't get on here often, but when I do, it's a, it's a real treat. Yeah, you're like the behind-the-scene person who makes it all happen, and so it's nice to actually have you on on air. So, you know, we thought with a bunch of states and localities having their off-year elections last week, um, it might be interesting to dig into some of the public health-related measures that were on the ballots and see how things shook out. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting uh initiatives on various ballots. For example, um, Richmond City, where I live, had a casino um, ballot on. A, a, eventually, the uh, citizens of Richmond, Virginia, decided against the casino. Uh, and there were a lot of pros and cons um, related to tangentially public health. But here we thought it'd be good to kind of target some of those direct public health initiatives. So Jessica, what were, what were some of the things that struck your eye? Yeah, well, and speaking of measures that didn't pass, um, in Minneapolis, voters were basically deciding whether the city's police department would be replaced with a Department of Public Safety that would use a quote-unquote comprehensive public health approach to carry out various functions that um, currently are being carried out by the police department. Um, So it could use social workers or mental health practitioners and also some armed police officers. But it would sort of shift how policing is done in that city, um, you know, in the wake of everything that happened last summer and George Floyd's murder. But um, actually, 56 percent of residents voted against it. So um, the police department there, as we know it, stands. Um, But I thought it was interesting. There's a growing movement kind of across the country to rethink how policing is done. And that's one example of how to do it. Yeah. And that kind of sounds familiar. I know um, I also produced the Health Policy podcast, and we had an episode with the co-founder of Cahoots in Portland, Oregon, and it sounds kind of similar to that program. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So I think that was back in June. We published an article um, about the Cahoots program and kind of how they're using mental health workers to take the place of some of the times that police officers might respond to a person in mental health crisis, because unfortunately, sometimes those interactions can result in the person being killed or jailed when um, sending a mental health practitioner can result in a totally different outcome and a non-fatal outcome. So yeah, that's one model and started in Oregon, but there was actually some funding in the um, American Rescue Plan to establish more programs like that. Interesting, interesting. And so 56% of the residents voted against it. Uh, do you think you'll, you'll, we'll see any other movement coming off of that? I mean, it's a good question. I think 56% isn't overwhelming majority. So um, clearly it had some support. Certainly complicated because, um, you know, it's a difficult message to send, you know, in terms of you know, whether it's actually defunding the police or just shifting some of the responsibility to other areas of government. So um, I do think cities across the country are, um, you know, rethinking how they do things and whether it's in a big way, like replacing the police department or in smaller ways um, remains to be seen. But I I do think there's going to be some shifts in in how, um, how certain situations are handled by police. 
Yeah, so that's really interesting. Uh, so there's a lot of different topics in public health, and and you have one flagged where it comes to food. Yeah, food security is it, or is it food insecurity or what's going on with that? In yeah, Maine? I mean, food insecurity I think is definitely at the heart of this initiative. Um, obviously, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, we um, were forced to reckon with the degree to which Americans do face food insecurity and um, you know, even a little change in their income can result in them um, becoming food insecure. So in Maine, voters agreed in their um, elections last week to change their constitution to make the right to grow and produce their own food explicit and um, kind of an interesting ballot. Other states have a right to farm or a right to fish, but this is just kind of a broad right to food um, kind of aimed at you know, creating self-sufficiency and self-reliance and reducing hunger and food insecurity. So, uh, so self-sufficiency and, and self-reliance, and this is the main. So is this where uh, Walden Pond is, or is this a Thoreau um, <laughs> sort of, are people going back to land? What, what's, what's the impetus behind this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, guess I do so, sort of associate Maine with self-reliance and, um and so it does feel like that kind of initiative. Um, and, you know, it almost seems like, well, why not? Why not have this right to food on in your constitution? Um, so for the most part, people were supporting it. But um, there are some opponents who kind of worry that it's a little too broad and could cause problems with food safety and animal welfare, maybe even resulting in, in people eating species that currently aren't considered food animals. Are opponents of, of this in the pocket of big grocery or something along those lines or what, what have you gotten a sense of like what the how much concern there is yeah i would say that i i think there are some farm related folks who opposed it but also the humane society was another opponent so i think the support for it is pretty strong but there are some who think it's just maybe a little bit too broad and doesn't put enough safeguards against what people can grow and how and what they can consume. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When this was probably thought up, maybe they just thought they wanted to grow some, some, some kale or something. Right. Like that. Why and not? Spirals out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then traveling down to New York, you also flagged another amendment that had to do with uh, not so much food, but uh, water and some other some other elements. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is an environmental amendment and um, very timely with the focus on climate in the recent weeks. And I think our, our recent episode talked about um, climate as well. And um, so this amendment would give New Yorkers the right to clean water, clean air, and a healthful environment. Um, and, you know, it's supported mostly by Democrats, but, um, it would, you know, ideally the goal would be it would require government to consider the environment when it's making decisions or potentially face lawsuits from New Yorkers. Um, other supporters said it could promote investment in water and clean energy and create jobs and could even maybe combat environmental racism, which is kind of a term for when, um, communities of color disproportionately face environmental health risks like 
living in areas with air pollution that could increase asthma rates. Wow, that's great. So a bunch of interesting um, amendments throughout the different states and, and just shows like how uh, states also are playing a part in public health. Uh, but moving to the federal level, uh, we'd be remiss to not mention the big infrastructure goings-ons and happenings um, from last week. So Jessica, could you give a little bit of an update about what we're hearing and seeing? Well, um, so the infrastructure bill, which was the the first kind of um, of two relate two kind of paired, I'd say, packages, um, kind of major legislation from the Biden administration. The infrastructure bill did pass and is poised to become law, um, and so that's you know mainly mainly focused on traditional infrastructure, but also did include some. Um, climate-related measures and some other somewhat health-related measures. But the side story was, you know, that bill was intended to be passed in tandem with what's now called the Build Back Better bill, which is a much larger, more expensive bill that includes a ton of health-related measures within it. And um, so we're actually waiting to see what happens with that. We'll be sure to unpack that more if and when the legislation does pass and kind of say, what's in it for health and what could change. But those are, you know, these state initiatives are super interesting, but that legislation um, stands to really change the face of healthcare and um, kind of social support in this country. Wow. A lot of stuff going on. Um, I know it's hard for me to keep up with this, so I appreciate you kind of keeping, keeping your finger on the pulse of the, of the build back better bill, which is uh, kind of hard for me to say, um, as well as the infrastructure bill. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, that's a great place to wrap up. Jessica, thanks for, thanks for bringing this to all of our attention. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. Yeah. And if, to you, dear listener, if you enjoyed the show, please recommend it to a friend. Um, leave us a rating. It helps other people find the show. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.